it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are back in action, comedy alive from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. You know how we do, girl. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, fired up on a Monday to tell you the truth. Why? Because, oh, my goodness gracious, nearly three full years after the covid pandemic hit our shores, the people in Washington, I'm talking about. The FBI, I'm talking about the Department of Energy, now announcing over the weekend what we all knew to be true, but weren't allowed to say three years ago, which is that COVID originated in a Wuhan lab. Why does this matter? Because you were banned from saying it on Twitter. Okay, you were deplatformed if you dared question their narrative. You were accused of spreading hate crimes and people were going to die. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Well, at least that portion of it is over uh, and we're going to get into it today. It's a spirited day on the show. Uh, the founder of Libs of TikTok. Okay, going to be here in studio in this hour. We're also going to talk to Senator Mark Wayne Mullen from the great state of Oklahoma. Sean Duffy in the house as well to round it out as we preview the 2024 race, which is heating up. Uh, The only rule as we get back on the air, uh, be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a. That is all. Happy Monday, everybody. Here we go. Uh, If you tuned in to watch me Friday hosting Gutfeld, I was filling in for our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. Uh, Thanks for them ratings. That was a blast. Uh, It was just so much fun. It's, you know, it's a weird, like when I was a little kid, uh, I had a teacher by the name of Mrs. Pascana uh, in fifth grade who told me to start watching The Tonight Show. And uh, I honestly, I'm pretty sure, you know, because I was kind of goofy in class and she had seen enough of my report cards to be like, yeah, maybe comedy, because I don't think this kid's getting a job anywhere else. And she had kind of encouraged me to start watching those shows. So to just sit there and kind of host one, it really was like a bizarro dream in a loud sport coat. I was really at home. The panel was phenomenal. Cat was great. Guy Benson was outstanding. John Taffer from the new season of Bar Rescue, world class as always. Walter Kern was great. And the crowd was off the hook. It really was like an all-around amazing night. So thank you to everybody that was a part of that. It was a big win uh, for the Fellas, And, of course, we rightfully celebrated by eating three Domino's pizzas, two orders of breadsticks, and a thing of cheesy tots in the middle of the night. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. It was disgusting what we ate uh, in the Fela house after we wrapped that gut felt. I'm not proud. Don't you have any respect for yourself? I have some. That's why I'm outing myself. That's why I'm admitting to it. Uh, I, I have to own the catastrophe, and that's kind of a theme as we get underway today because in Washington, what's going on right now is an exercise in retroactive ass covering. Okay, and what I mean by that is big branches of our government, the FBI now saying, yeah, it turns out COVID originated in a lab. Department of Energy announcing yesterday that, yeah, it turns out COVID originated in a lab. Now, here's a news flash for you. Okay, pretty much every self-respecting person under the sun, knew it had originated in a lab. 
but they also knew there was a massive effort being undertaken by Dr. Fauci to discourage any discussion whatsoever of it originating in a lab. Why? Because Fauci, okay, was part of the funding that was paying for this to happen. He should be behind bars. Okay, the money sent from the National Health Institute over to that lab, the fact that they were conducting what he knew to be gain-of-function research, but if you remember, was famously shooting down Rand Paul when he asked him about, oh, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about, is what he said. And why? Number one, yes, covering their own butts. But number two, we were in an election year. And something so dangerous happened when COVID hit our shores. No, not COVID. Locking down, very dangerous. Uh, Masks didn't help, the studies now admit. The vaccination didn't stop transmission. But what was dangerous about all of it rolled into one is you weren't allowed to question the immediate rule changes. Like, if you remember, this started out with don't wear a mask. Do you remember this? People should not be walking around with masks. That's how it started. Don't wear masks. Don't ever forget, we were also told there won't be mandates. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the COVID vaccine once it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. But if you question that, they're like, oh, you're going to get people killed. What do you mean? You can't question the narrative. I don't care if it was one thing yesterday and it's another today. And you understand that controlling of speech and that brazen disregard for people's own self-intellect and that like, hey, we're, we're smart enough to know you told us something yesterday that you're not telling us today. Like, let me give you another example, okay? The media pivoted two months into the pandemic, three months in, and said you cannot call the COVID virus the Wuhan virus. You can't call it the Chinese virus. You cannot mention Wuhan or China. Can't do it. It's going to lead to a spike in hate crimes is what's going to happen. The media is a bunch of losers. Everything the Democrats want done becomes an exercise in saying, give us what we want or people will die. That is correct. You know, you've got to take our position on trans rights for five-year-olds or they're all going to kill themselves. Climate change, they're all going to kill themselves. You don't do it, we're all going to die. Ah, this vaccine, don't question the mandate. Never mind that Joe and Kamala trashed the vaccine on the campaign trail. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. So you understand it went from they treated the vaccine like it was Barron's seventh grade science fair project and Trump was making it himself. Nah, Melania, go upstairs. We're making a vaccine. We don't want to do the baking soda volcano all the kids do in seventh grade. That's all. We're the Trumps. We go big. We're making a vaccine. That's how they depicted this thing. And you understand when the people trashing the vaccine turned from trashing it one night to forcing it on you the next, a lot of reasonable people, I'm not talking about like political pugilists. I'm not talking about people that are actively engaged in politics. I'm talking about people that were just trying to follow this logically. One day you said masks don't work. The next day you said, put on a mask or we're all going to die. 
One day you said the vaccine wasn't going to go through all the proper channels. The next day you said I had to take it whether I wanted it or not. It was my right as an American. It was forget about my freedom. It's time to start shaming anybody who doesn't go along with this. Not getting vaccines. It's time to start shaming them. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. F*** them. F*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. Imagine that. That's what they said. Okay, another one I would give you again is the origins of the virus, which brings us full center to where we are now. Okay, we were told you couldn't call it the Wuhan coronavirus because it was going to lead to a spike in hate crimes, number one. And number two, we were told you couldn't call it that because it didn't originate there. Now, the reason I bring that up is because the media literally every day until they changed the rule. It was an election year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, if we just stop calling it the Wuhan virus, we can claim Trump and the Republicans are spreading hate crimes and trying to have an honest conversation about the origin of the virus. So they literally forgot everything they said on Monday and on Tuesday got out of bed and wanted you to believe they themselves had never called it the Wuhan coronavirus. I don't know. Maybe I'm just hearing this wrong, but I got to be honest. The next 50 seconds sounds an awful lot like the media were happy to call it the Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus has now surpassed the 2003 SARS outbreak and the number of lives it's claimed. They're under quarantine out of concern that passengers and crew were exposed to the Wuhan coronavirus. And this breaking news just into CNN, the official death toll from the Wuhan coronavirus in China's Hubei province has now risen to 780. Having to deal with it, the total number of deaths from the Wuhan coronavirus, it's now surpassed the SARS outbreak from 2002, 2003. Spreading fast as the number of confirmed cases of the Wuhan virus continue to surge. In a matter of days, Dr. Li Wenliang went from treating patients to becoming one. The 34-year-old ophthalmologist diagnosed Saturday with the Wuhan coronavirus. We have new information about how the Wuhan coronavirus is spread. Good to have you with us. So we start with the Wuhan coronavirus spreading across China. Now, you understand that same media pivoted on a dime and said, no, no, you can't call it the Wuhan coronavirus. Only Trump does that because he's trying to spark hate crimes. This is right wing insanity what they're doing with this Wuhan coronavirus. Who in their right mind would ever say that? Oh, I don't know. All of you. They all said it until they didn't understand this. Okay, the COVID, COVID, you know, the pandemic was common cause. Didn't know who you voted for, but the media treated it like it did. Okay, you, they were all on board with lockdowns. Can't go to church, can't go to school, can't go to work. But if you want to get out and riot and burn down a police station and start a pretend country in Seattle, by all means, have at it. You're likely voting Democrat. Okay, that's what they did. Trump fought the virus. The media fought Trump. We did not embrace common cause of it's all of us against the virus. What we embraced is, hey, we'll change the rules three times a day if it helps us score political points. And that's exactly what went on in the summer of 2020. Okay, when they were flat out smacking this down. Oh, this is conspiracy. This is nonsense. Here is the media. Okay, and I want you to understand why I'm so hopped up on this. Okay, I'm going to give you the media take on this. But according to a new report in The Wall Street Journal, the Energy Department has assessed that the coronavirus likely spread due to a mishap at a Chinese laboratory. Agency cited a classified intelligence report recently provided to the White House and key members of Congress as the reason for its inclusion. The National Intelligence Council and four other agencies now assess at low confidence that the COVID-19 pandemic originated due to natural transmission from an infected animal, meaning they don't believe 
it happened from an infected animal, something Trump, uh, excuse me, Fauci was going out of his way to spread. Not only in his emails, not only in his public declarations, but if you remember now, he was questioned by Rand Paul for trying to stomp out any dissent in the scientific community. Here's their famous exchange, which I love. It's clip four. Will you in front of this group categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial passage in a laboratory? I do not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in China. Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Those viruses are molecularly impossible no to result are. No in SARS-CoV-2. You are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual I totally resent that. And if anybody is lying here, Senator, it is you. Your statement says, quote, I wrote it down as you were writing. You continue to support research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You were in committee a month ago and said you still trust the Chinese scientists and you still support the research over there. He is egregiously incorrect in what he says. Thank you. History will figure that out on its own. I mean, Fauci. You are a sad, strange little man. Okay. Senator Paul, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, it turns out Senator Paul was correct. Oh, wow. But it was an election year. Here's the media mocking the Wuhan leak theory, clip seven. Because we don't know where the novel coronavirus came from yet, the conspiracy theories fill the void. This question about the Wuhan lab, we know that it's been debunked. Those same agencies now have been tapped with investigating one of Trump world's most favorite conspiracy theories. This week, Donald Trump is still pushing the debunked bunkum, despite his own intelligence community's findings that that is simply not true. And there is simply no reason to believe that 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 is the case. There is no empirical evidence to verify that. Coming up with a conspiracy theory to try and foment xenophobia um, with respect to um, the Chinese has just as much factual support as taking Clorox. He can't just sit back and let the doctors and the scientists do their jobs. He's got to chime in. He may pick up the conspiracy theory that this was some weapon. People don't keep bats in captivity. Complete baloney. We don't need to invoke conspiracy theories. This is just another example of of the president trying to change the narrative from his own failings. The problem for President Trump is that he's running for re-election, is looking for ways to deflect blame for uh, the performance of the administration. I mean, seriously, did you hear that? Up and down and sideways. It's debunked. It's a conspiracy theory. Trump's trying to spark a wave of xenophobia against the Asians. Not even close. I mean, really think about where we are as a country when they were willing to get out there and accuse all of those things, spiking xenophobia, getting people killed, denying the science, doing all of it without proof, hiding behind the slander of calling you a conspiracy theory, a theorist. Well, history will record that when it comes to the COVID era, the one thing all the conspiracy theorists on the right had in common is that they were correct about everything. From the makers of Whose Line Is It Anyway comes the political improv show that's going viral. Dr. Anthony Fauci stars in Whose Lab Is It Anyway? 
I don't think I can answer that question, sir. A deadly virus may have leaked from a lab. It's not in Fairfax County, Virginia, or is it in New York? It's in China. Dr. Fauci told us before the election that it came from bats. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. But the doc is changing his tune now that the election is over and his emails have leaked. That's an entirely different ball game. Everyone's playing along, including President Biden. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. Tune in at 9 to see if you can guess whose lab is it anyway. I am completely unqualified. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The world of business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown starting May 20th at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to give you one more Fauci clip quick. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. A lot of people feel that way. Uh, here's another reason why. It is clip five. It's very, very strongly leaning towards this could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. If you look at the evolution of the virus in bats and what's out there now, it's very, very strongly leaning towards this could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. I mean, the idea, I think, is quite far-fetched that the Chinese deliberately engineered something so that they could kill themselves as well as other people. I invite you to look and ask any one of those virologists who were there, and when they finally looked at it carefully, they said, you know, upon re-looking at this carefully now, we think it's more likely that it was a natural evolution. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. For, for the record, is there anyone, anyone, are there any scientists saying this came from a bat? The answer would be no. That was always the narrative from Fauci internally. Why? Because they didn't want to be linked to the fact that they were funding this type of research in a lab. Okay, this was ass covering 101 when they were trying to tamp down that narrative. And then when they started banning you from having an honest discussion about it, as they did with other things like the vaccine, like natural immunity, like, I don't know, hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or anything in between. They weren't doing that to control the virus. They were doing that to control you. That was the scam. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're having this discussion here about how the authorities, the adults, 
would not allow us to speak obvious truths such as, oh, you know, COVID originated in the lab. Vaccines aren't stopping transmission. Masks don't work. You were banned from polite society. If you were a scientist who espoused natural immunity when they were implementing mandates, you were thrown offline as a scientist, okay, who was telling the truth. That's not right. Okay, they now flat out admit natural immunity is as good or better as the vaccine. Okay, there's a war on truth right now. It's really horrifying stuff. But you can see it spilling into multiple forums because one of the other one of the other truths you're not supposed to be uttering right now is that there are no biological differences between men and women, even though you could go all the way back to the 70s and hear Mr. Rogers tell you that. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Oh, whoa! What's going Fred Rogers, merchant of hatred! Oh, my goodness! But what was he doing? He was just telling you the truth. Okay, but in this day and age, you're supposed to be pretending that something that was considered the height of comedy back in 1975, Monty Python, who put out so many great movies. If you remember Monty Python and the Holy Grail, one of the funniest things you'll ever watch. Shut up! Will you shut up? (laughs) But I always loved that movie. (laughs) But again, back in 1975, okay, after the Holy Grail, they did a follow-up called The Life of Brian. And if you would have told somebody in 1975 that a man could have a baby, they would have said, You're a loony. But here they are mocking this premise, considered to be the height of absurdity in 1975, that someone wanted to be a woman. And not only do they get laughed at in this clip I'm about to play you, but they get rejected with science. Oh, my goodness. Listen, this is crazy talk. Clip 25. Furthermore, it is the birthright of every man or woman. Why don't you shut up about women, Stan? You're putting us off. Women have a perfect right to play a part in our movement, Reg. Why are you always on about women, Stan? I want to be one. What? I want to be a woman. From now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. What? It's my right as a man. Well, why do you want to be Loretta, Stan? I want to have babies. You want to have babies? It's every man's right to have babies if he wants them. But you can't have babies. Don't you oppress me. I'm not oppressing you, Stan. You haven't got a womb. Where's the fetus going to just take? You're going to keep it in a box? (laughs) But you haven't got a womb. Don't oppress me. (laughs) But that's the scam. Just agree with this farce. Come along for the ride. Or someone's oppressed. Or someone's going to kill themselves. Here it is. The rest of this sketch. It's so funny. Clip 26. Here, I've got an idea. Suppose you agree that he can't actually have babies, not having a womb, which is nobody's fault, not even the Romans, but that he can have the right to have babies. Good idea, Judith. We shall fight the oppressors for your right to have babies, brother. Sister, sorry. What's the point? What? What's the point of fighting for his right to have babies when he can't have babies? It is symbolic of our struggle against oppression. Symbolic of his struggle against reality. Thank you. Okay, back in 1975, they were outwardly laughing at this in movie theaters. This is the height of insanity. 
Now if you tell them, oh, man can't have a baby there. Harry, that's it. We're suing. We're going to sue. Okay, there is a war on reality. There is a war on objective truth. There is a war on science and biology. And the casualty in this instance is not only the truth, but it's women. Okay, when you look at women's sports, when you look at the fact that biological men are now swimming against women and killing them in every event, okay, that's not fair to women. It's not fair to the truth. But the pushback is, well, you have to support this or we're all going to die. There's going to be a spike in suicides if you don't tell a five-year-old kid it's okay to chop off his junk. Okay, it's crazy. They're taking little kids to drag shows. There's an account out there that posts the actions of liberals, of people that are gender activists on the left. The account, I'm sure you've heard of it. It's famous the world over. It's called Libs of TikTok. Okay, the woman who runs the account, Haya Reichick, she has a new book out. She's coming by to discuss it. But she is labeled as like a merchant of death, a merchant of fear, of hate monger. And all she's doing is playing the videos of the people on the left making these gender claims. They're crazy. It's pretty straightforward stuff. Everybody who tells you there's no biological difference between a man and a woman, I mean, dude. He's totally false. Number one, but number two, okay, it flies in the face of all reality. Okay, you don't have one instance of a biological woman switching to a man and breaking every athletic record in the process. But we can give you plenty of examples of men who've become women and have won everything known to man. Why? Because they went into this with a huge biological advantage. That's not right-wing hate-mongery talking. That's not some kind of conspiracy. Just the same as they did with this COVID lab leak theory. You can't say it came from a lab. You can't say the vaccines don't stop transmission. You can't say natural immunity is a thing. You're going to give us our way or people are going to die. That's the scam. But when you give the left their way, the only thing that's dying is the truth. Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and I regret to inform you 
that Mr. Rogers is about to be tried and hanged for this clip. Only girls can be the mummies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. I mean, my God, what kind of monster? would take such a biologically aligned stance in this day and age. Um, joining me now in studio is someone who's been willing to join Fred Rogers in his fight for truth, uh, and she has taken a lot of incoming fire for doing so. Her new book, just fascinating stuff. I will hold it up for the Fox Nation feed. It is called No More Secrets, The Candy Cavern. I am talking about the founder, the namesake of Libs of TikTok, the great Kaya Rychik, is in studio. Hey, girl. Hi. So great to be here. It is, it is wild to be in the presence of such a hate merchant like yourself. I, I got to tell you. I'm kidding. You better watch out. <laughs> Things just, can go wild. It's <laughs> oozing under the doors right now. I'm like, who is this monster who came in smiling and was so polite to the staff? Shouldn't you be spiking a wave of hate crimes or mass suicides? I do that in my free time. Apparently. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how, like, there's no room for nuance anymore in the, in the age that we're living in? Meaning, you know, disagreeing with the narrative that men can have babies is now portrayed as, well, you're saying that because you want anyone who makes this claim to die horrifically. And you want people to take up arms against them. When, in fact, what I think you're doing is just making a call to reason by showing the absurd words of the other side. No. Yeah, I mean, like, they call me – one of the weapons, I think, that the left uses it to silence their opponents or critics is is bullying and name-calling, insulting mm-hmm. and slurs. I mean, I've been called every single slur in the book. They even made up a new term for me, for me personally. What I'm very it? honored. Stochastic terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's a weapon that they use. And, and, look, they can call me any name they want. They can call me any slur they want. That's not going to stop me. I mm-hmm. mean, this mission is too important. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're looking out for kids. I mean, in the end, you're not going to be recorded as the bad guy because what they're doing to kids is barbaric. Like, I have one kid, okay? The state wouldn't let us have two. Like, they saw the first report card, and they were like, get a dog. Like, <laughs> not, not you people. But seriously, if you've been around the development of a child or you've had the luxury of developing as a child, you remember how often your tastes changed, your preferences evolved, and how you grew into who you are. This idea that they're presenting kid with these life-altering choices at such a undeveloped age, I just think is so reckless. Yeah, and it feels like up until a couple years ago, really recently, this was not a partisan issue. And every single American agreed that we protect children at all costs. Mm -hmm. And recently, these far-left activists are are pulling children in, and they're targeting children to sexualize them, confuse them about their identity, tear down childhood innocence. And that's what I spent the last two years of my life really exposing and, Mm -hmm. and talking about. Well, that's what's so crazy. So the book, so everybody understands, it's called No More Secrets, The Candy Cavern, uh, is you're essentially trying to point out the insanity of adults, authority figures like teachers now saying to kids, don't tell your parents, which growing up, like don't tell your parents meant tell the cops and then tell your parents. Because if someone was telling you to do something and not tell your parents about it, it was never good. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, know, you never had someone to come in and be like, don't tell your parents, here's five bucks. You know, that's the part I think is so insane is that we now have public figures openly embracing the idea of like usurping parental authority. Just just that alone, whether you agree with gender ideology or not, just the idea of separating a kid from its parents' leadership and its parents' trust, I just think is so dangerous. Exactly. And that's why my book is so important, because one of the first steps that a predator uses in order to target a child is to sever the parent-child relationship mm-hmm. and to cut out the parent, right, so yep. that they can target the kid alone. 
Um, and that, and my book is really a tool for children and parents to be able to spot that predatory behavior before it actually happens yeah. and to give them that warning sign that they know what to look out for. And then they can go to their parents. You know, it's, it's like a pro, it's a proactive measure, right? So yeah. that they don't get sucked into that, into that move. Uh, we're talking to the great Kaya Reichick. Uh, the book is called no more secrets, the candy cavern. Her Twitter namesake is, of course, Libs of TikTok, the world-famous hate-filled Libs I kid. Uh, But you know what I think this is going on? Maybe you can kind of speak to this a little bit. Is I think, obviously, the reason they're recruiting kids, and in some instances we're saying they're grooming them, okay, is because they assume that that comes with a built-in political ideology. I don't think it has anything to do with the well-being of the kid itself because the face of transitioning uh, was Caitlyn Jenner, for about three days, and then she said she was a Republican, and they're like, we liked Bruce better. Get her out of here. Okay, let's get get out of my face. So I don't know that this is really about the well-being of a child or a trans person so much as it's about getting them to vote Democrat. Is, is that what you see? I would 100% agree. It is absolutely not about the well-being of a child. I mean, cutting off children's body parts because they say that they're opposite gender is obviously very harmful, giving kids hormones and, con- and confusing children. It's obviously very harmful. I think this is a... This is an agenda to confuse children, and then these children are going to grow up. They're going to be totally confused. We're going to have a totally chaotic society. They just want to tear down everything that we love, Mm -hmm. and they have no plan for what comes after that. And then these children will be adults, and they're going to become activists for whatever – for whatever they want, for whatever the Democrats want. Well, I think a lot of the hospitals like it because you're getting a client for life, Yeah. you know, between surgery and meds. And, yes, I think on the Democratic side, it's definitely an agenda that doesn't really care about the kids. It's like it's disgusting. And, again, we're not saying people don't have the right to make these choices, but it seems like these choices are being made for them. Like if you – when you see a, bit, a video, and I'm sure you've posted videos where people are talking like, my two-year-old daughter is trans. If your daughter is trans, it's too it because you made her trans. Like she wasn't 100%. walking. Yeah, she yeah. wasn't like walking around. And that's the part I think is so crazy. There's like this brazen disregard for the kid. The kid has become like this other currency. So this is what I wanted to ask you. Was there like a flashpoint moment? You know how like in Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker gets bit by like a radioactive spider. Did you get bit by like a radioactive drag queen when you were like five or something? Like what drew you to the mission? So the mission, so it started about two years ago during COVID mm-hmm. um, when uh, the world obviously turned upside down and I was locked in my home. And then I stumbled across TikTok. And, you know, this is when our, our constitutional rights were being violated. And we there was like all that fear mongering and groupthink. And mm-hmm. and I and, and I stumbled on TikTok and I saw all of these bizarre videos really sharing that that message. Um, and then I, I saw all the other videos of the of the activists and the teachers and the groomers and their, the way they were targeting children was just so shocking and disgusting. And I was like, I got to share this stuff. And then, you know, obviously that was close to two years ago and it just exploded from there. And the mission really, really just grew so, so much bigger. And, and it's really it's really humbling. I'm really grateful that I'm able to be in this position to, to hopefully help children. Now you are. Uh, we're talking to Kaya Reichick. Uh, the book uh, is out now. Libs of TikTok is the feed. The book is called No More Secrets. The it's available Cabin. for pre-order on uh, lottbook.com. Boom. I'm holding a copy right now. I love the illustrations. Yeah. It's like it's it's great stuff. I mean, this is the one thing I really appreciate, too, is the effort here has been made because the concept of this book, which is, you know, the teacher, the authority figure giving them all this candy they shouldn't have and saying, don't tell your parents. 
it's really well told. Like, and it's told at my level, okay? Because I'm, you know, I was driving a taxi, you know, for most of my adult life. I'm like a 45 year old man who can play, who plays video games. <laughs> but it's important that you reach the people on my level because this is such a basic common sense mm-hmm. thing. They discuss all this gender ideology and intersectionality and all these broad terms to make it sound like there's some type of research reason you should shut up and trust them. But I think what you're doing right now is overlapping with exactly what happened over the weekend when it comes to COVID. You know, we were told if, you know, you mentioned that COVID came from a Wuhan lab, there's going to be a spike in hate crime. So just play along. We were told if you didn't go on board with masks, if you didn't get on board with vaccine mandates and all of their narratives ultimately unwound and all the conspiracy people have been true, have turned out to be true. So are you thinking about a spinoff account called Doctors of TikTok? (laughs) Well, Lives of TikTok, really, it covers such a broad range of topics. It's basically like anything insane, anything hypocritical, anything that I think really more people need to see. Yeah. So I do. I did cover a lot of COVID stuff. That's how how I started, really, was the COVID stuff. So COVID was the radioactive spider. Yes, exactly. It wasn't a bat. It was a spider. (laughs) Somebody got bit by a spider. I think it's funny. Was one other thing I wanted to throw at you then, okay, and this just comes to like the disregard for the well-being of the child i've almost seen and this is crazy to me but in some liberal circles having a trans kid has become like a person it's become like a fashion accessory and what i mean by that's interesting remember when paris hilton was famous and she had a, a dog in her purse and it was like a thing now if you walked around with a dog in her purse they're kind of doing that with these poor with these poor kids because i was on a, i was on a plane just listening to a conversation in front of me and they were kind of competing for like righteous liberal you know Excellent. And, and one woman's like, well, my daughter's trans. The other one was like, oh, my, I can't touch that. That's amazing. Is there a little bit of that going on? I would think so. Yes. That, I, it's a trend I've been seeing. It's become it's become like very in style and trendy to have a child who identifies as part of like the LGBTQIA, yeah, you know, plus sign, minus sign, divided a, yeah. sign, community, whatever. <laughs> um, it's become super fashionable. And, and they show them off on TikTok specifically, but uh-huh. everywhere. I mean, it's it's wild. It's, Listen, yeah. you have a flight to catch. Yes. St- stay safe. Yes. I know you got a lot of fans in the New York area. Thank you. <laughs> I know how much they love you. Well, they love you here. You're the best. Thank the, you. the book is called No More Secrets of the Candy Cavern. Uh, the woman, uh, the great Kaya Reichick, check her out on Libs of TikTok. I miss you already. Thank you. <laughs> Back after this, a little more adult chit chat right here on the big, bad, one and only internationally renowned gluten free Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are fired up for this hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We are pulling out the challenge flag. And we have a little help in this instance from the Washington Post, who wrote a rebuttal to Pete Buttigieg's claim that Donald Trump's deregulation efforts caused the disaster in East Palestine, Ohio. That is a fact check false. Wow. The WAPO with a beatdown of Booty Judge. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. It really is. And we're going to discuss the latest effort to pass the buck in Washington. It really is embarrassing. Senator Mark Wayne Mullen from the great state of Oklahoma is coming by. You, of course, welcome as well. 888-788-9910. Let me start here because I just find this all so hilarious. What's not funny is the people in East Palestine, Ohio, have had their world upended. Drinking water could potentially be contaminated. Okay, EPA is saying, well, you know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We ran the test. But the EPA said the same thing after September 11th and everybody wound up getting sick. That's just how white folks will do you. That's how they did you. Okay, so it's really hard for anybody to take what the EPA is telling them at face value. 
it's really hard for anybody to have any confidence in this administration when the only reason Booty Judge finally showed up is because Trump went the day before. I mean, to be clear, 24 hours before Pete Booty Judge set foot in East Palestine, Ohio, he was telling reporters he's going to go, but he's not sure when. When the timing's right. I'm having a personal moment right now, is what he said. Not answering your questions right now. Well, the next morning, Trump showed up, and wouldn't you know it, a few minutes later, Booty Judge announced he'd be there the next day. Oh, wow! So the biggest problem here is that, you know, what you get out of this administration is not action, it's reaction. Okay? Action is, well, we got a problem, we got to go take care of it. Okay? We don't get that. We get reaction, which is, oh, we got a problem. Who'd they vote for, a Republican? What is, does this issue help us or, or harm us? Oh, the border? Yeah, no, that's not, that doesn't play well for us. Just forget about it. But then ultimately when there's enough of an outcry, when migrants start getting relocated to liberal cities and those mayors and those governors start complaining, you get a little reaction out of the Democrats. Tell them like it is. That's what East Palestine was. Not action. It was reaction. After their hand was forced, they showed up. And lo and behold, in doing so, they showed up with the Trump card. They tried to blame the previous administration. Let me just read you this reporting by The Washington Post because I find this all so fascinating. Okay. So far, Trump's rollback of regulations can't be blamed for Ohio train wreck. Okay. And this comes why? Because the National Transportation and Safety Board flat out said that these regulations played no role whatsoever in the crash. Why is that significant? Because the first thing the Democrats did was try to blame Donald Trump. It's embarrassing. Okay, and understand, this is the casualty in this day and age. We have people in Washington that are career politicians. They're more concerned with the cost to them than they are to you, which is why Pete Buttigieg, nearly a month after the disaster, finally showed up. He showed up. Why? Because it was starting to become costly to him. As the transportation secretary, trains flying off the tracks does become a liability if you want to run for higher office someday. So when Pete Buttigieg finally showed up to the site of the calamity, it was important to not only show up, but show up with some type of political capital for his base. Hey, people are down on my leadership right now, but maybe if we tell them we can blame Trump, they'll feel good. So here is Pete Buttigieg baselessly, baselessly going in on Trump. This is clip 13. Well, one thing he could do is uh, uh, express support for reversing the deregulation uh, that uh, happened on his watch. I heard him say he had nothing to do with it even though it was in his administration. Uh, so if he had nothing to do with it, and uh, they did it in his administration against his will, uh, maybe he could come out and say that, uh, uh, that uh, he supports us moving in a different direction. Uh, we're not afraid to own our policies when it comes to raising the bar on regulation. You are a sad, strange little man. Okay, do you understand what he said there? We're not afraid to own our policies when it comes to... Re- You're not telling me the truth. No, he's not. Let me give it to you. Are you ready? This is from the Washington Post. And let me explain what's going on in liberal media right now. In the last hour, we were talking about the COVID origins. Okay, the media is now openly admitting COVID originated in a Wuhan lab. Okay, the media is now opening and openly, openly admitting that the Hunter Biden laptop story was true. Hunter's a dirtbag. Okay, they're now openly admitting. This is the Washington Post. Okay, they are openly admitting that Trump had nothing to do with this crash. Why are they suddenly telling you the truth? They're trying to buy back all of the currency that they lost 
in the last four years. So when they need it most, they can go back to lying to you again. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. That's where the media finds itself right now. In a post-Trump world that could ultimately become a pre-Trump world if he runs successfully and gets back into the White House, regardless of who the Republican nominee is, the media is going to fight with all the fiber in their being to sell that person as Hitler, to sell that person as a hate merchant, to sell that person as an existential threat to the well-being of minorities and women and oppressed groups and everything in between. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. And when they get back to calling people racist and social pressuring folks into voting Democrat, they know they're going to need some credibility if they want to do it. So they're clawing back that credibility now by taking positions that we all knew to be true, a little late to the party, but at least it gives them now the right to go out and say, hey, I mean, we're, you know, we're right. We, we might have got that one wrong, but we're right now. We were, you know, we were just trying to get to the bottom of it. We were just digging as hard as we could till we could give you a definitive answer. Come on, don't bullshit me. Okay, it's not true. Like when the media admitted the Hunter Biden laptop story was true. Understand, our director of national intelligence told us the Hunter Biden laptop story was true the same week it got banned. Understand, Hunter Biden's living, breathing par- par- business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, came forward to say it was true the same week it got banned. So this wasn't the end result of them digging and totally finally finding the truth. Okay, if it was about really getting to the bottom, they wouldn't have been issuing sweeping declarations out of the gate. And dealing in absolutes, Hunter Biden thing is fake. Okay, but here they are trying to distance themselves from another political scam, which was Booty Judge saying, well, Trump, they rolled back deregulations. They were doing that on The View last week. I think it's shameful Trump's going there because his regulations caused it. The View is awful. Okay, here it is. Washington Post deciding to fact check Pete Booty Judge's claim. Democrats won't like what they found. According to the Post, a preliminary report by the National Transportation Safety Board, which is investigating the incident, said the Norfolk Southern crew received an alert about an overheated wheel bearing and was trying to slow the train before it came off the track. They went on to add from our analysis, none of the regulatory changes made during the Trump administration can be cited as contributing to the accident. Did you hear me? None. Of the regulatory changes made during the Trump administration. One more time. None of the regulatory changes made during the Trump administration. Let's play it again, Pete Buttigieg. Clip 13. Well, one thing you could do is uh, uh, express support for reversing the deregulation uh, that uh, happened on his watch. I heard him say he had nothing to do with it, even though it was in his administration. Uh, So if he had nothing to do with it and uh, they did it in his administration against his will, uh, maybe he could come out and say that uh, uh, that. Uh, He supports us moving in a different direction. Uh, We're not afraid to own our policies when it comes to raising the bar on regulation. I mean, I don't have any friends. What a loser. Just an absolute loser. And why is he making it about Trump? Because he needs the people on his side to not be disgusted with him. Bingo. Pete Booty Judge is not in East Palestine because he gives a rat's ass what happens to the people of East Palestine. If you care, you don't wait until Trump shows up to decide you're going. Okay, you get there. You don't show up a month later. You think about something like a trap. Think of September 11th, something that's horrible. Okay, people go to the site 
okay, of a hurricane, of a storm or a terrorist attack, to show support, to remind the people on the ground doing the relief work that they are appreciated, to remind the people that are in that chain of command that there are eyes on them, urging them and supporting them in any way they can to get the work done. Pete Buttigieg stayed out of the way. He didn't care. The only reason he finally showed up is because he wants to run for president someday. Okay, he wants to run in 2024 if Biden's not on the ticket. He wants to be on the ticket if Biden comes to his good senses and takes Kamala off of it. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! So he shows up and says Trump because he wants the people who live to be mad at Donald Trump to have a through line here. Wait, what do we do? How do we defend against this? It looks really bad that we didn't show up for a month. It looks really bad that Biden's over in Ukraine pledging unlimited support while people in East Palestine, Ohio, have nothing to drink, while they can't make formulas for their babies because you can't have tap, while they don't know if their kids are in school or in the home, it looks really bad that Biden's on the other side of the world. What do we do here? And someone said, well, you know, Trump had some deregulations in 2017. And they're like, oh, there it is. Boom. Yes. Come on. Where you been my whole life, girl? And they all ran out there and played the Trump card. Oh, Trump. No, I'm telling you, it's Trump. It's bad. You got to understand it's Trump. Okay, that's all this. It's Trump. It's bad. And that's that's enough for them because they can go sell that to their base. There's a whole cottage industry of people that hate Donald Trump. So they don't have to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. That's true. That is true. So if you give people a lane to run in a Trump lane, oh, it's great. They'll get right, right all day. Oh, no, Trump caused this. You understand Trump caused this? Oh, like, oh, great. That's amazing. Okay, but here's Kristen Welker on Meet the Press. She's a White House correspondent flat out saying allies are very concerned that Biden hasn't gone to Ohio yet because it looks horrible. You're the president of the United States. Think about that. Not even showing up. No, nah, I'm going to Ukraine, cutting him a check. Janet Yellen's in Ukraine today. For real, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, is in Ukraine touting the economic aid we're giving to Ukraine. Right now, that's a thing. Okay, anybody showing up to, no, East Palestine? No. They let Mayor Pete go and bite the bullet because Trump made the administration look bad. But understand, why was the administration showing up? Because Trump did first. Trump doesn't go. They don't go. They don't care. The party will go away. The, the, you know, the... News cycle can only focus on an issue for so long before people lose interest and we move on regardless of whether or not it's been solved. Okay, when Biden went down and made a pretend border visit, okay, they had cleaned out all of the migrant facilities. They had swept the homeless off of the streets, but they still allowed him to go down there and give the media permission to put the story to bed. Well, the president went. What do you want? He went. Okay, great. Has anything been solved? No. Okay, have any of the policies that were keeping us safe put back into place? No. The only thing that's happened since Biden visited the southern border is our border patrol is now asking southern border agents to redeploy to the northern border because we've got problems being overrun there, too. What the hell is the world coming to? This is what happens when you elect career politicians. Okay, they don't want to solve problems. They don't want to. They just want to run on them. They don't want to debate the other side's policies. They just want to characterize them as racist or evil. But they leave the problems there to fester. Okay, the border is horrific right now. The fentanyl is the leading cause of adult death in this country. We're not talking about it right now. Okay, but here is Kristen Welker explaining why people internally know how bad these optics are. It's clip 14. Privately, some allies of the president are concerned that he hasn't 
been there yet and they're saying he needs to go. But I've pressed them over and over again. Are there any plans for the president to go? And they say there are no conversations about that. They reiterate what you just said. We were on the ground within two hours of this crisis happening. We've gotten all the resources there that are needed. And I do think big picture, there's a question. Optics are important when you're dealing with yeah. a crisis like this. There's no doubt about that. We learned that during Hurricane Katrina, for example. The question is, will this backfire on President Biden yeah. if he doesn't go? And to be honest with you, it should backfire on President Biden. Correct the mundo. Because if your job is to lead the United States of America in times of crisis, okay, and you're on the other side of the world instead, you know, here's a, another couple billion for Zelensky, without defining what would constitute victory, without defining how we would peacefully end that war, okay, we're supposed to be promoting peace in the world. And we're ignoring chaos and within our own borders. Here's Glenn Youngkin talking about Biden's trip. He's coming to Virginia this week. Still not going to East Palestine. Clip 15. Joe Biden's been to Ukraine. Now he's coming to Virginia. He has yet to go to Ohio. And he wants to talk about health care. Why doesn't he go someplace where people actually have real health concerns that are driving them to, to worry about not just, not just uh, the day-to-day -day, uh, impacts of this horrific train crash, but the long-term impacts with cancer threats and et cetera. This is a moment for leaders to lead. Joe Biden needs to lead here. And I just think it's, it's really, really uh, unbelievable that he is yet to go to Ohio and support these people that need the help. Because when you're trying to lead a country through a time of crisis, okay, your job is to lead the country. It's to lead the people affected by the crisis. It's not to peddle the Trump card to the small faction of society that gets out of bed every day hating Trump so they don't have to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. But that's exactly what Joe Biden has done here. The people of East Palestine need leadership. They don't need more name-calling at Trump. Biden sucks. Donald Trump's presidency is over. But for millions of Americans who devoted their entire lives to bashing him, the battle is just getting started. My car won't start. Friggin' Trump. The Ex-President Hotline helps you find a way to move on with your life. Ex-President Hotline. He's destroying this country and he deserves to be in jail. He's not in office anymore, ma'am. Take a deep breath. Don't mansplain to me. Hating a president is a good way to avoid your own problems. Unfortunately, presidents go away, but your problems don't. Where's the tow truck? Probably stuck in traffic because of Trump. The Ex-President Hotline. Giving millions of Americans an outlet they can vote for. Thank you for holding. I understand you're calling because you're still upset about Barack Obama. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon broadcasting live in New York, but we're back on the road this weekend. Friday night, I will be out at the Federal Way Performing Arts and Events Center in Federal Way, Washington. Talking to you, Seattle, to Compton. If you're out there listening, come hang out with your radio buddy at the Federal Way Pack this Friday night, March the 3rd. Still a couple of tickets available. Saturday night, March the 4th at the Crest Theater in Sacramento, California. That's Saturday night. This coming Saturday night, March the 4th. I'm out on the West Coast. If you want to come hang with your radio buddy. If you're listening on KKFT in Reno and you couldn't get into those three sold-out shows at the Nugget, 
could drive over to Sacramento, spend some time with your radio buddy. We'd love to have you. Uh, and then next month, uh, April the 7th, uh, I'm at the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon. And April the 8th, I'm at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. It's going to be a banger. And then my last solo dates, April 21st and 22nd at Bananas in Bergen, New Jersey. I will be at Bananas Friday night, April the 21st, Saturday night, April the 22nd. After that, I spend my whole summer, May, June, July, August, on the road with Kennedy. It's the Laughs and Liberty Tour. Tickets are going on sale later this week. We're going to post the link. You'll see it all over social media. It's a thing, yo. We're coming to your city, in the words of Big and Rich. Uh, unlike Joe Biden, we're coming to your city. <laughs> we don't need the previous president to show up and shame us into sending somebody. We're coming because we want to be there. We're going to tell some jokes. We're going to have some fun. And you're all welcome to join us. But in the next break, Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen coming back to this show to have a discussion on all things Washington because they're making a mess out there in D.C. right now. It is not pretty. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The world's on fire. We're over here roasting radio marshmallows. That's kind of our job if you want to be a part of this thing. 888-788-9910. We are the calm voices in the huddle. Uh, Joining us now on the show, one of the guys in D.C. tasked with cleaning up this mess. Uh, At least he shows up to the mess. This isn't like one of those Pete Booty Judge things where they don't go for three miles. He's there every day. Uh, We're talking about Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. Hey, man. What's going on, Jimmy? Nah. I wouldn't call myself a calm voice in the mess. Uh, are, I, are you I, are you rowdy? Are you are you are you like one of those rabid guys in the stands? Are you heckling like your your fellow Democrats and stuff like that? What's going on? I, I wouldn't. I don't heckle, but I make my point very clear. Right. So if I have something to say, you're going to know about it. Well, that's important. We need we need that. Okay, right now, like I'm looking out at the country over the past week of radio, man. Uh, I got to tell you, I don't even know where to start. Okay, you got the thing in East Palestine, which last week devolved into an exercise in blaming Trump. The NTSB has since come out and said deregulating had nothing to do with the crash. My point is, I guess my question anyway is, does anybody care or are they just trying to figure out how this can benefit them politically no matter what happens? You know, I think they're – I think both. Okay, first of all, you could tell the Biden administration didn't care when they came out and immediately – push blame on Trump. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't talk about the disaster. They didn't talk about what happened. They didn't talk about what they're doing. They they immediately pushed the blame on Trump, and that was the reason why the FEMA response denied them. And then they came out and said, well, we need more money than just FEMA. FEMA is there. It was stood up for natural disasters. Mm-hmm. That's what they – in fact, most of the time, the states, when they have a disaster like we're going through right now in Oklahoma, we had you know several tornadoes last night, um, and and we we have to we have to hit a threshold of dollar amounts before we can we can even qualify for FEMA disaster. So when they said that, that was so crazy and out of line that you couldn't understand what they said, and then they tend to distract from their incompetence. They come back and said, "Well, it's really Trump's fault, anyways." Because of the deregulation that he had on the industry, uh, and, and then of course, as um, I, I believe it was the, the Clintons who made sure that no disasters would uh, would would go unnoticed without some political gain of it. They'd use any disaster for their favor, 
And this is the same thing here. You're starting to see people make a division and make this a political issue when really this isn't political. This is about getting it right. This is about solving an issue that is truly a disaster of of a of a, of a big proportion. I mean, this isn't something um, that is that that um, you can just sweep underneath the rug. This should have never happened. Accidents do happen, though. Anything that that is that is designed by a mechanical device it is going to go wrong at some point. So you know this stuff's going to happen. So what's our response to it? There was no contingency response. The federal government didn't have a contingency response. They literally just sat there and waited for the the railroad to do um, the bulk of it without stepping up. But this is where the federal government's role is. And instead of figuring out what you could do, what you would do in any situation like this, do a debrief, figure out what went wrong, make sure this doesn't happen again. Instead, this has been a political cry. And yeah. you're like, seriously? Mm-hmm. We're using this as a campaign event? <laughs> it's it's so crazy because, again, it's it, and it's not a good campaign event. I don't know if they realize it or not. But, like, when Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, um, his first explanation was, well, the media is paying a lot of attention to this. But to be clear, there are thousands of derailments a year. That doesn't make me feel any better about the job he's doing. You know what I'm saying? He's right on there's a lot of derailments every year, but not like this. Yeah, of course. This is quite different. Don't compare the two, but I just figured he was gone on maternity leave or something. I didn't, you know, who who knows what he did. I figured he'd be cuddled up in the bed with his husband on maternity leave for whatever time he did last time when we had a huge disaster issue. Oh, what a dumb time to be alive. We're talking to Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. It's really funny because. You know, we all support people feeling tolerated and accepted in our society. But the fact is, everyone in America is so exhausted from this White House effort to promote and push identity politics on us. Like, Karine Jean-Pierre, they had this press conference the other day where she was telling everybody, well, this is the most integrated cabinet we've ever had in the history of this country. I'm like, but you're almost arguing against it when the rest of the country is in as bad of a shape as it happens to be in. And I think if you asked every American... They would rather just have people who got work done than people who checked boxes. So we're not arguing against inclusion or diversity. Of course we're not. Uh, but we miss merit. Don't you kind of miss merit when you look at the state of decay we're in? Well, this is what, you, what happens when you check boxes and don't, haul, or don't hire for the best person. You may be the most, uh, uh, the most inclusive um, uh, administration out there, but th- you're also the most incompetent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so you didn't hire anybody based on qualifications. Mm-hmm. You hired them based on identity, and and that that in itself, I believe, is racism. Yep. When when you're when you're not hiring based a person based on their quality, but you're judging them by uh, by their skin color. You're judging them by their identity. Uh, you're judging them uh, based on who they are instead of on on hiring the best person when you got the most important job in the world that in itself in any other place the department of labor would come after you as as being a, a, a racist uh company and would sue you to no ends uh, and and yet the, the administration has done that over and over again and has been open about it and everybody just turns another eye and I get that people will say, well, that's not the same. It is exactly the same. When you're not hiring the person simply on merit alone, leave everything else out of it. Leave race, leave, leave, leave identity, 
leave sex out of it, leave everything else out of it, and you hire someone based on merit, then that's equality. When you hire someone based on any other factor, that's racism. Amen. I'm with you a thousand percent. We're talking to Mark Wayne Mullen, but that's the that really is like the scam of right now is that you can you can be racist, you can discriminate in real time. If you're pointing it at a conservative, you know, as we're noticing in like the early stages of the twenty twenty four election. If you're like a black conservative, you're a female conservative, good lord, the things you can get away you know, for saying against those people. And that's why I, I always think that's been the scam of identity politics, is it's not really about protecting the members of those communities, it's about protecting and encouraging people who want to vote Democrat. I don't think there's any well, anything else. But, but it's been this way for a long time in liberal cities and liberal administrations and liberal colleges. Think about Elizabeth Warren being hired when she was claiming to be Cherokee. Mm-hmm. And she was a Native American and how big her how big the university made the big deal that they've hired the first Native American professor. Yep. And as Cherokee myself, I'm going she she stole the identity of something that she had no right of to get a job, and they rewarded her for it. And then when she found out that the, she was a fraud, they made no stink about it, and she's still a sitting United States senator. It's a scam. How do you oversee that? Because if that would have been on the on the other side of the of the coin, and it would have happened to a Christian college, and they would have made a big deal about it, and they would have hired a conservative professor. Who came to find out that they falsified their records? Oh wait, Santos, mm-hmm. um, and that the media would have had a field day about it. Yep. But yet they just they just totally one hundred percent let Elizabeth Warren just slide underneath the radar. Yep. And you're seeing that same stuff from the administration, and they've just and it just came out as complete incompetence, and our country is literally falling apart. You know, Jimmy, I just got back <laughs> from um, from the Middle East. And we were meeting with world leaders over there, and um, it's a shame on the way that they view this administration, the vacuum that this administration has caused because their weakness uh, in the world leaders' eyes around the world is a shame. And what they keep referring back to is Trump. And you remember how the administration, uh, the Trump administration, was chastised how they said that he was that, that, that how much the the media would just constantly say that. Uh, he's harming us worldwide, and that we're losing faith with our with our leaders. Mm-hmm. That is not what I heard. In fact, they were praising President Trump for his Abraham Accord by uh, joining the the economies uh, of Muslim countries with Israel, mm-hmm. and how that is making them strong and standing against Iran. Uh, but yet, they have no faith in this administration that they would be there in the time of need, and that's why they're strengthening the Abraham Accord. Because they know that they'll have each other's back because they can't trust America and this administration, what they would do in the case that they would get attacked. That's so crazy. And, and, and to be clear, I think they mean any Trump. Like, I think they would take Baron Trump over Biden at this point. <laughs> Probably. If, I, I would take any I would take any Trump over any Biden. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Uh, really? Because I've always found Hunter to be such an upstanding member of the community. What do you mean? <laughs> I can't. Funny, I'm man. sure he was the life of the party. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. Um, that's true. He might not carry the vote in the Democratic Party, but in the keg party, he's actually got a, there's some traction there. There's something that don't sleep yeah. on. Don't sleep on Hunter 2024, which is his blood alcohol content. But um, listen, man, <laughs> you know, I love talking to you, but it's, it's it is the very serious time. We had to do some adulting today, but we, we buckled up. We were able to do it. So I'm proud of us. 
Hey, yeah, that is right. We got some, some serious substance there. I, I, yeah, we did. We, a, we actually talk like adults. It's almost like one of us is in the Senate or something. This is like a whole new world. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Good job, man. We'll catch up soon. All right. Appreciate it, Jimmy. You're the best. Senator Mark Wayne Mullen from the great state of Oklahoma. And he's talking about Elizabeth Warren doing what? Claiming to be Native American. What a fraud. And she got ahead off of that. That's one of the points I try to make. Whenever they tell you, wow, we're a racist country. No, we're not. Would you shut up? Okay, we're so racist that people are now faking minority status to get ahead. Think about that. Okay, if you're applying for a job right now, you're better off being minority. You're better off being an LGBTQIA plus dollar sign, pound sign, at sign, whatever. I'm not disrespecting it. It changes rapidly. Every time they add a letter, it's like a new civil rights frontier for them. And the truth is, okay, right now in this country, we just covered the story on Gutfeld. I hosted Gutfeld on Friday. The opening joke to the whole monologue was about the left-wing activist who got caught claiming to be three different Middle Eastern ethnicities. What did we come to find out? You're not telling me the truth. She turned out to be a white lady. Just lying to get ahead. No different than Elizabeth Warren. Lying to get ahead. That's the scam of right now. Okay, this is, we made fun of I told Elizabeth Warren jokes on, on Gutfeld Friday night when I was hosting. John was out in San Diego watching, apparently. Yo, John. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing? My man. Um, I'm, I'm sobered up now. I'm back in action. I don't know if I sound like it, but I am. Well, I got to tell you, however you are, sober or not, you are on fire, and we are just digging it. Oh, man. The wife, who's uh, kind of an independent, she's even shut up. And when Jimmy's on, she just says, okay, let's see what he's got. Oh, wow. That's amazing, man. Thank you for that. And I want to tell you that uh, your producer, Mike, he's awesome, by the way. Um, you lost me there. Because you're such on fire, I'll call up and I'll just talk to him and give him feedback because you're just so busy with the presidents and Zelensky and all this stuff. <laughs> but I just want to tell you that I saw the show Gutfield on Friday, and I forgot what show I was watching. It was a Jimmy show because, you know, you just tore that up. You were on fire, and okay. I was like, man, I want to watch this show. What? Thanks for that, man. I would totally listen. Serious. Yo, the thing about it is uh-huh. you're a comedian, but you're very well read. I wouldn't doubt if you're a senator someday, so people better watch out. Oh, but dude. You are so well-read. You do know all the data. You're very on top of it. You tell the truth, but you're also a comedian. So so when Gutfield's first or, uh, monologue is done and he throws that, excuse my friends, the gay stuff or the, the poop jokes or whatever, I'm going, why do you even throw that stuff in? You didn't need that stuff. And all through the whole show – you still had jokes to come back versus his is all loaded at the front. So I just want to tell you straight up, and thanks for taking this call. You're rocking. I told Mikey, sign a contract with Jimmy because you guys are going big time, and we're there with you, man. Oh, man. All right, fine. Well, we're, I don't know about the Mikey thing, but everything else sounds great. I'm kidding. We love Mikey. Uh, listen, thanks for the high praise, John. I will share this with all the voices in my head that heckle me constantly, and I'll tell them I got your vote. Thanks, brother. This was a great call. <laughs> Have a good day. You too, my man. Thank you, for real. Mikey, John is a big fan of yours i should have asked what john does for a living but you'd be really far he's in san diego which is nice you'd be really far from matt Dahl if you went and worked for john mikey's returning from vacation he's been gone for a week and uh, it's always good to have him back on the case but everybody who reached out to express uh words of support after that gutfeld hit thank you it's really great man it was a great time like for me just so you understand like that's kind of what um you know that's like what, what it's like to go on the road and do stand-up is you have a live audience 
and you get to talk some smack to them and, you know, kind of lead the room. I always tell you, like, in comedy, your job is not to read the room. Whenever you hear that phrase, it's wrong. It doesn't apply to comedy. In comedy, your job is to lead the room. Sit down. This is the vibe. This is how we're doing things tonight. Let's have a good time. So that Gutfeld episode is basically like I've been doing that in front of live audiences for 20 years. I just happen to be lucky enough through some spectacular confluence of events to wind up getting a chance to do it on the number one late night show in America. It was a big deal. Like, I'll never forget it. It was great. But again, in those situations, um, I'm too busy having fun to know there are real stakes, to know, like, what's going on. Oh, my God, better be nervous. I better. I don't care. I'm just having fun. It's a drinking story. Do you understand? You know, a few years ago, I was driving a taxi. So to me, this is all like found money. It's all hilarious. So we're just going to keep on rocking, you guys. Quick break. We're back after this. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, my man, Sean Duffy. Is coming up in the next hour. He is the host of The Bottom Line on the Fox Business Network, a show I'll be appearing on tomorrow night. Uh, if you're watching the Fallivision tonight, I'll be on with Sean Hannity at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And uh, tomorrow morning I will be on Fox & Friends at 7.20 a.m. Eastern Time, ahead of my 10 p.m. appearance tomorrow night. I'll also be on with Laura Ingram. But right now I'm on the radio with you and my man William, who's listening on WTRC out in South Bend, Indiana. Yo, William! Hey, Jimmy, thanks for taking the call. For sure. Um, first, I have to, this isn't kiss Jimmy's butt today. Because, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, the, the previous senator was absolutely right. You were so well-informed. I mean, again, and that's why I listen to you. Oh, I mean, you, you throw in some levity there, but you know what? You, you're dead on. You, you've got it down. You know exactly what's happening, unfortunately, in, in this, uh, <clears throat> the south end or the south side or the left side, whatever you want to call it. But, yeah. Um, so anyhow, when we were talking about Pocahontas, or when mm-hmm. you were talking to the, the senator, and so she mm-hmm. still has her seat, which she does. Um, my sons, I, I still have a son that's in college last mm-hmm. year, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's a senior year. One that graduated two years before. My wife and I were talking, and we're like, well, with whatever you can, anybody can be whatever they want to these days, right? Mm-hmm. Men can go into women's bathrooms because they feel like a feminine, right? Yep. I yep. mean, so I'm like, we should have just said, okay, yeah, we're from Africa, or they feel black today, or they feel Hispanic, or whatever. And then we would look and say, okay, well, what kind of monies do we get? What kind of discounts are we going to get for tuition and so forth? Mm-hmm. Because they are of uh, ethnic, uh, different uh, yeah. as opposed to Caucasians, you know? So um, it's, I'm just like, it's it's just crazy. And here we are. Uh, and I told uh, your screener, I said, well, yeah, I'm right here in Southern Indiana. Um, <laughs> and the place that Pete couldn't get traffic right. There yeah. were one-way streets, just like a regular city, and then all of a sudden, Pete's great idea was to turn them into two-way streets, and yeah. all these people were like, wait a minute, no, these are one-way streets, one-way streets, what's going on here? I've got traffic coming at me, you know? So, <laughs> no, he's the so, worst. Listen, I, yeah. I appreciate the call and the kind words. I'm going to lose you to a commercial break, but you're right. You get it, William. We need to clone you uh, and give Mayor Pete a little bit more time at home with the babies on Instagram breastfeeding. Because his transportation job has been a disaster. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, fired up in this hour to make history. Not because Sean Duffy, former superstar congressman from the great state of Wisconsin, is coming by. Not because we have some groundbreaking news about the 2024 election, which we will also share with you in this hour. But because Fox Across America, for the very first time in its illustrious history, is now broadcasting on the legendary KZNU out in St. George, Utah. We got a brand spanking new affiliate girlfriend. There it is. Take off the apron, Jenny Fela. We are going out tonight, baby girl. But seriously, it is a very high honor to be on St. George News Radio, Southern Utah's news leader. So shout out to Carl and the gang, KZNU. Shout out to everybody listening in Southern Utah. Uh, it's kind of a big deal. Like we're, you know, really pumped up and honored to have you be a part of this mission. Uh, our show started on March the 9th of 2020 which wasn't exactly the best timing in the world. We're like, hey, we're launching a show called Fox Across America, and we're going to go across America. <laughs> Within five days of launching this show, Fox Across America became Fox Across Zoom uh, as the world was shut down. And uh, we spent the first year of this show, like everybody else, sitting at home watching Tiger King, learning to cook, watching society collapse around us. But since starting on 27 stations back in March of 2020, we're now above 137 stations. Thanks to the fine folks at KZNU, this movement is growing. And uh, without getting too bogged down in the details of the show, you'll get to know it well uh, as we continue on your airwaves. Essentially what Fox Cross America is, as I say every day, it's an audio safe space for cool people. And what I mean by that is I'm a conservative unapologetically so. But I'm not an activist. I am a talk show host. Anyone can be a part of the show. doesn't matter what they believe. We want a forum where people can engage in a good faith exchange of ideas. So I say every day at the start of the show, you could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat. Just don't be a That is it, okay, because you live in this country right now. It's such a mess. It's become so hyper-partisan that the fight for power has become more important than the country we have power over. You know, a good example I've been giving for the last week is, you know, on the left right now, if you've ever seen two kids fighting over a toy and they tug it back and forth so much that the toy eventually just breaks in half, well, I feel like we've gotten to that place politically. So I'm trying to deal people in on perspective. You might have different views than I do. You might be liberal. Like it doesn't matter. Okay, the point is if you live in this country, you have hit the lottery. Are we in the best shape we've ever been in? Of course not. But there's no greater source of good on this earth. And if you live here, you do have American privilege, something that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. You are a member of the 1% by virtue of the fact that you were born into the most tolerant and inclusive society in the world, a place where anyone could literally be anything. I'm a former New York City cab driver. I spent most of my adult life driving a cab. I'm now on TV every night in front of millions of people. I'm now on the radio every day talking to millions of people. Okay, and I'm able to do that because of the country I live in, because of the spectacular possibilities of life here where we have an unparalleled level of upward mobility. So you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to like the show, 
Good gosh. Don't worry. You can call in and say you don't like it. You'll never be as harsh as the voices in my head. The only thing I won't let you bash is the country we live in. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. It's really all it is, man. It's the whole show. So if you're listening for the first time, we take the issues of the day seriously on this show, but we don't take ourselves seriously. Like, I'm not sitting here telling you how to vote. I'm not yelling and screaming, preaching to the choir or yelling at the choir. Okay, I'm just trying to have a good faith discussion about what's going on in the world. Because a lot of what's going on in the world right now is a mess. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, okay? You don't look around right now, whether we're talking about the border or we're talking about the economy. You know, you don't look around at the crime rates. You don't look around at inflation and get the feeling you know, things are under control right now. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't think I don't think there's any way around that. I think you look around at the state of the country right now and you're like, Biden is such a disaster, a tremendous disaster. OK, Joe Biden is not governing like your 46th president. He's governing like he's your last president. I agree with that. He's terrible. Okay, and that's coming from Obama, who, let's be honest, wasn't exactly throwing a perfect game out there. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But I bring up Biden. I bring up the sad state of affairs in the country right now because the 2024 election is kind of rounding into form. Okay, Nikki Haley jumped in two weeks ago. Of course, got that dopey. <laughs> it's really the dumbest comment I've ever heard from Don Lemon over at CNN. CNN is the worst. Just past her prime. So stupid. Then he got taken off the air and yelled at Don Lemon. Don Lemon was off the air for a week, but he wound up being seen by the same amount of people had he remained on the air because nobody's watching CNN. But the point is there's a lot of discussion about 2024 heating up because Trump's in the ring. The hot gossip is that DeSantis is getting in any minute now. And now we're starting to get some pushback on the left over whether or not Biden's going to run it all to begin with. Okay, at first we were told, no, no, he's running, he's running, he's running, he's running. Okay, but then we got that political piece last week saying, well, then maybe not. We don't know. Okay, there's a lot of people concerned. Okay, and Obama has told David Muir over at ABC that uh, he gets the concern about his age, who knows where it's going to go. So it remains to be seen. Okay, the left-wing food fight hasn't quite started yet. Marianne Williams jumped in uh, last week, Marianne Williamson. Uh, I was on Gutfeld with her a year and a half ago. She was on the Gutfeld panel with me and was just a complete moon bat, like a really sweet woman that was just, I mean, so far out to lunch. Every time she opened her mouth, you just looked at her like, what would you do with a brain if you had one? But, you know, she's in the race and she could be running against Biden, who, by all accounts, says he's beating, uh, you know, he's going to be the guy. He still believes right now that he is the only Democrat that can beat Teddy Roosevelt. So we'll see what Biden does. But over on the right side, this field's about to get very, very crowded. And the news that was made over the weekend was Rona McDaniel was doing the Sunday shows yesterday. And she says she would expect Trump to support the Republican nominee if it's not him. Wrong. I don't know that he will. I don't know where this is going to go. But I love the idea that they're about to slug it out. Because truth be told, whoever becomes the Republican Party standard bearer, needs to be sharp if they want to win this thing because the Democrats are coming at them with everything. This is, you don't understand. Whether it's Tim Scott, who's the first black American to represent, Amer you know, to represent a state in both houses of Congress. Tim Scott from South Carolina is the first black American 
to represent his state in both houses of Congress. But if Tim Scott runs as the Republican nominee, he's going to get called a racist. No differently than Nikki Haley was accused last week of using her brown skin to launder white supremacy. That's what goes on on the left. So whoever this nominee becomes, they got to get used to pushing back because they're going to get called a racist and a misogynist and a transphobe every single day of the campaign. He knows what he's talking about. So here's Ronan McDaniel saying she'd expect Trump to support the nominee. I can't promise you that's going to be the case, but I can promise you it's going to be a real battle royale in the party. Here it is, clip 18. So are you prepared to block the former president? Well, he, he signed it in 2016. I he know. did. Everybody signed it in 2016. But this is about the here and the now. Yeah, he didn't I, commit I to it. I think they're all going to sign it. I really do. I think the voters are very intent on winning, and they do not want to see a debate stage of people saying, I'm not going to support this guy, I'm not going to support this guy. What they need to say is, I'm going to do everything I can to defeat Joe Biden, and that means supporting the nominee of the Republican Party. You can't see a scenario where Donald Trump would just skip the debate if he's forced to sign something saying I, I support think others. I want to be on the debate stage. I think President Trump would like to be on the debate stage. That's what he likes to do, and I expect they'll all be there. Well, if you look at the polling right now, Trump is beating DeSantis by 15 points. DeSantis is beating everybody else. Now, polls don't really matter until these candidates get in the ring and they square off one-on-one. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. But that's where this is headed. You're going to at some point see a debate stage that has Nikki Haley on it, Ron DeSantis on it, Donald Trump on it, and Tim Scott on it. What do they all have in common? Besides the fact that they're Republicans, any of them can beat Biden and will beat Biden easily. Okay, Biden's a disaster right now. Okay, the new polling out today shows that 30 Seven percent of Democrats, 37 percent want him to run again. Come on, man. Thirty seven percent want him to run again. So you got 63 percent of Democrats that are like, get him out of here. Get him out. They want nothing to do with him because he's been an embarrassment. And I'm not saying that because he's a Democrat. I'm saying that because you are what your record says you are. Okay, that's an old adage. Bill Parcells used to be a New York Giants football coach used to say you are what your record says you are. Okay, if you're two wins and five losses, you're a two and five team. I don't want to hear about the close games you lost. I don't want to hear that you looked good in practice. You're two and five. Shut up. Do better. Okay, and if you're five and two, don't beat yourself up too much. You're a five and two team. Your record defines you. Okay, Biden's record says he's brought inflation to a 40-year high. Says he's brought our illegal border crossings to an all-time high. He's relinquished our energy independence. And at a time when Americans are getting smoked, He's shipping all of our money over to Ukraine to protect their border while being completely derelict in his duty to protect ours. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. A lot of people feel that way, and they happen to feel that way as members of the Democratic Party. So you understand, right now, there's a real like struggle going on within D.C. over how to move forward. Because none of them want Biden to run. None of them. They don't want him to be the standard bearer. The guy's in his late hundreds. Democrats know if you square Biden off, a man who will be faced with the prospect of being the president at the age of 86 against a much younger Republican, they realize it's a monster liability. But the problem they have in the era of identity politics is that if they step Biden aside, they can't really overlook the vice president. Okay, she being the first female uh, vice president, she being the first black vice president, 
she represents exactly the kind of history the Democrats embrace in the era of identity politics, which is people who check boxes but have no idea what they're doing. So the reality is, yeah, you got Biden, the only guy who quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. I mean, the guy's a mess. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. But if you push him to the side, you're asking Americans to embrace a President Kamala. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 So they're looking at this like full steam ahead. They're looking at it like full steam ahead because you've got Biden, who's a mess, shaking hands with invisible people, sniffing the hair, you know, forgetting what state he's in. But do you understand Biden allows other people to be president? You put Biden into office, okay, and you just, it's an iTunes user agreement. You tell him to scroll to the bottom and click, I agree. That's how it works. Hey, we're going to repeal all the border security. Wait, well, scroll to the bottom, click I agree. It's an executive order. Okay. Hey, we're going to kill the Keystone Energy Pipeline. Wait, what do you mean? Scroll to the bottom, click I agree. We're going to do it. Hey, we're sending more money to Ukraine. What? You want your pudding cup, old man? You scroll to the bottom, you click I agree right now. All right, all right, all right. Then he just scrolls to the bottom and clicks I agree. Biden being in office is preposterous as it sounds right now, let alone six years from now. Six years from now. Are you looking at this guy? It's impossible to have confidence in what's coming out of Joe Biden's mouth literally six minutes from now. You're not sure what he's going to say. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone. But the truth is they'd rather take their chances on having a president where the engine's running and there's nobody behind the wheel because they can use him as the figurehead to trot out to the podium and enact whatever measures they've deemed fit. I mean, that's what this first presidency is. Biden is your elderly relative with dietary restrictions. You ever gone to the restaurant with somebody who's really not allowed to have certain, you know, waiter comes over and grandpa's like, I'll have the lasagna. And before the waiter can walk away, younger relative grabs him and goes, he can't have cheese. Just bring him the chicken. He won't know the difference. The waiter's like, you sure? He's like, yeah, you don't worry about it. So you come out 10 minutes later with the chicken, you give it to grandpa, and he's like, oh, this chicken's great. I'm so glad I ordered it. This is a, no, this is fantastic. We have a president that is clearly not all there. Totally. But that's why this Republican race is about to become such a food fight. I don't know what Trump is going to sign, whether or not he'll pledge to support another nominee. I don't know where these attacks are going to go, but it's going to get vicious out there. Why? Because whoever wins is absolutely positively going to stomp the sleep aid we have in the Oval Office. If you're having trouble sleeping, ask your doctor about Bidenica, the sleep aid made from 100% Joe Biden press conference. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway... Bidenica has a patented blend of confusion and forgetfulness that will calm the most overactive brains. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, it's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, think about it. When they sold out American jobs and killed the Keystone Pipeline, it kept me up all night worrying about how we pay our bills. But then I got Bidenica. And I've never slept better. Sometimes when I get hopped up on sugar, my parents give me Bidenica so I pass out. Other times they give it to me during the day, probably so they can do the deed. 
Gross. Warning. People who have used Bidenica have experienced rampant lying and an inability to secure the southern border. Others have hallucinated and fought breakfast cereals. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Ask your doctor if Bidenica is right for you. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America, the radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Also going to be your TV buddy tonight. I will be appearing on the Fox News channel, the Sean Hannity Show, at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Tomorrow morning, you can see me on Fox and Friends. I do my Tuesday morning hit every Tuesday. That's 7.20 Eastern Time. Tomorrow night, I will be on the Ingram Angle with Laura Ingram as well. You will also see me on the bottom line with Sean Duffy, who is going to be here in studio in the next break. But right now I am talking to you about all things 2020. One of the guys rumored to be getting into the race is Tim Scott. Here he is on Fox News Sunday, clip 21. The fact is that the left is trying to sell a drug of victimhood and the narcotic of despair. The truth is that we have so much to celebrate. And yet today, in many parts of the country, you feel like you're in quicksand. And so the truth is, the left today, they have, seems to be working on a blueprint on how to ruin America. If you wanted to ruin America, you would print and spend trillions of dollars leading to the highest inflation we've seen in 40 years. If we don't understand the state of America and the weakness in, of the progressive movement, then it's impossible for us to offer positive, optimistic solutions to the challenges that we face because of the progressive wing of the Democrat Party. I agree with him a thousand percent. I tell you this all the time. The fork in a road in American politics right now is victorhood versus victimhood. Victorhood, you can do it with the greatest country in the world or the victimhood. Everyone's systemically biased. Just have the government give us stuff. That's the issue in the Democratic Party. Obama ran on yes, we can. If he said that now, they'd be like, check your privilege, half white guy. Folks, if you watched me hosting the Greg Gutfeld show Friday night, it was probably impossible to focus on the content given the quality of the lead-in and the tease we got from the gentleman hosting the Ingram Angle. I'm talking about the cable news super hunk known as Sean Duffy, who joins us now. Yo, Sean Duffy. Yo, Jimmy Fallon, we were rocking Friday night. We had the Fox News. Like, we came over and took over the whole channel. We did, because we did your show, The Bottom Line, on FBN we, first. We did, and then we did. I hosted Laura Ingram, and what, when you did The Bottom Line, you are like, I'm doing Gutfeld. And I'm like, well, what are you wearing? Uh-huh. And you're like, I'm wearing gold. Mm-hmm. Because you had a silver jacket on on, on the bottom yes, line. Yes, I was building my way up to the gold. So I'm like, I'm going to give you a great intro and and, 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 uh-huh. and call what outfit you're wearing. Uh-huh. And you did. You kept your campaign well, promise. Well, the problem was that I watched it, and I'm like, but it looks like it's a silver jacket or like pink jacket or purple jacket. It didn't look gold. Depend- <laughs> but you said it was gold. It's gold. It was a gold jacket. Folks, if you go to the Fox Across America Facebook page or you go to my Twitter feed and look at the jacket I wore on Gutfeld, I have not, you know, because when the light hits it, it does kind of shimmer like your personality hey girl but uh it was a gold jacket like the record would say it was a gold jacket i hope so like i could show you where i bought it and it would be listed as a gold jacket are we at the bottom of the hour but the top of your heart right now is that what we're doing (laughs) sean duffy he is in studio he is the host of the bottom line a show i will be appearing on tomorrow night 
Uh, I can't promise he's going to be as dressed as well tomorrow as he is today. True. Well, he's was, dressed for radio. I love I'm that. I'm dressed for radio. As I told you, I had a, had a water problem at the house. Uh-huh. And so when they come fix the water, they, they turn all the water off. Okay. And I didn't take a shower before they turned the water off. I didn't shave. <laughs> I didn't brush my teeth because I dropped the kids off. So I got into the office. I did brush my teeth when okay, I got you're here. You're a whole new man, yeah. But, but you know, go I am f- dressed for radio. You can always go to the Fox News gym. We have a ni- the gym here is so nice. I haven't been there. No, it's actually it is. It's actually like really nice. And when it first opened, like I joined it, and I was banging out sets. But like, lo- fortunately, this is a good problem. Like my, my TV schedule has picked up so that I don't go. Just is it a little bit? Yeah. Well, little... I'm just saying, and I'm not. You I know, can't, I can't turn the TV on without seeing James Fela. <laughs> I can't. I, he's there, and he's funny, and he's smart. Oh, Shawnee. And I'm like, I, I got to go stop talking. I got to see what Jimmy's going to say. Well, I'm just, just great. Just so everybody will thank you, but just so everybody understands, I'm I'm just really good at sneaking past security. I'm not getting yeah. booked as much as I'm appearing. But once you're <laughs> on, I was on with your wife. I was on with Rachel Saturday morning on Fox and Friends. But I, they I, was, don't, I was sleeping. Well, it was that. the right thing to do. But they don't know I'm going to be on. I just, you know, you show up. Well, because no one's there on Saturday yeah. mornings. And, and if you just walk in, like, I'm here. And if you can make it into no, no, the I'm shot. On, I'm on the schedule. Yeah, and once you make it into the shot, they're not going to yank you off on live TV. They're like, all right, let's act like he's supposed to be here. What time are you on on Saturday? Uh, we did a 8.50. Oh, that's not bad. Saturday that's good. morning. No, it was doable. Because like the 6.50 after you did Gutfeld the night before, that gets to be a little. It's a little late. Miss Fela might not. She'd be like, Jimmy. She gets. No, well, she gets a we kick out of We need some us it. time. <laughs> Jenny. Get a little frisky. Let's uh, let's rekindle here. Uh, no, there's a lot of. Uh, Jenny Fela gets a lot of reps. Like I had her um, Saturday night. She was in the big city hanging out with me. And then we went. Well, I met her for the first time on, on Thursday Hannity, night Thursday. on Hannity. Yeah, she was in the she audience. Gets a lot of reps. I saw Lincoln. I'm like, I didn't. Are you like, that's Jenny. I'm like, there's a really tall, young looking kid right next to her, big. I mean, that must be Lincoln. And <laughs> yeah, was. that was the Link man. He comes yeah. in, he's my personal security. Yeah, he, he looks so, like that. Yeah, so he hung out in the green room, threw some footballs with Hannity. He did. Do you know the Joe Concha football story? Have I told you by now? I feel like I did. Please, please tell it again. All right. Because it's so good. If you guys all watch Joe Concha on TV, you'll get a kick out of this. And the next time he's on the show, I will confirm that this went down the way it did. Uh, but it was one of my favorite things in the world. Is the first time we did Hannity in studio. Sean, in, during the commercial breaks, he throws the Hannity footballs to the crowd. So he's just throwing them into the crowd. People are diving. It's, it's, it's actually they like— They want them. I know. They want these footballs. It's passionate. They're fighting for the ball like you're watching an NFL game. Well, in any event, he brings more than enough footballs for everybody. But what, kind of, what kind of footballs are They're they? They're like nerfs. They're nerf because They're nerfs. they had a move to nerf because yeah. he was somebody, hitting people in Somebody the might have got clocked by like he was breaking. He was breaking lights. Stuff was breaking. <laughs> Chandeliers were shattering. Uh, but Sean likes to air it out during the commercial breaks and throw footballs. So anyway, he's got these Hannity nerf footballs. And Joe Concha, the first time we did the show in studio, I guess apparently really wanted a Hannity football to take home. <laughs> And he was just, like, fixated the way you see someone get fixated. He's like, no, no, I want a football. Right. Like in Goodfellas when Murray wants his money. He's like, I want my money. Right. like, don't worry, Murray. Come down. I want my money, Jimmy. Jimmy, I want my money. And that was Concha with the football. He's like, I want a football. I'm like, Concha, don't worry about it. We're going to be on TV. You're we'll do the get TV. You'll get the football. No, no, I want the football. I'm not going to get the football. I want the football. He wanted this football. He was focused on the football. He wanted the football so much that before we went on the air, he went over to the box and just finally took a football. He's like, I'm going to take it. I'm going to tuck it into my jacket so I know I have a football. Okay, so he does exactly that. And as we get introduced on live television and walk onto the set, Hannity sees conscious football. And he goes, Joe, I'm open. Right. So Joe throws Hannity a pass. Hannity catches it and then does a flea flicker and throws it into the ground. <laughs> and there were no balls left. Conscious gets no, no football. Ball. <laughs> it was great.
Because <laughs> he just wanted his football. And Joe had done the show a number of times. Yes. But that was during COVID. Yes, he, was he doing hadn't it from done his it in home person. studio. That was the first time in the studio. So he was like, I'm going to get a ball. And like, he didn't get a ball. No ball. I love no. Joe Contra. He's, 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 he is almost as smart as you are. Not quite. Yeah. And not as funny. Don't put that sure. on the guy. Joe Concha, though, uh, a good American who I do believe now has a football, but I think what he did is the next time he was in studio, I think he got one, like put it right in his bag before we went on set. <laughs> he wasn't taking any chances. Or you just put it in the back pocket, put it in the jacket. You Don't let it. Hannity see it. You can't let Hannity see it because Hannity wants like, to air it out. Hit, he's like, hit me. Hannity has no running game. He throws every down. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to attack the line of scrimmage. He's passing. And you don't know where the ball's going, though. That was, that was the problem. That's where I had nerve. He's got to work on the, hitting the target. Yes, I will be appearing uh, with Hannity tonight, but it's not a live audience show, so you can't come get a football. But you can watch because your radio buddy needs the ratings. But let's talk about you, But Sean. before that, you're going to be with me. That's tomorrow. on the bottom line. Or tomorrow. tomorrow. Is that tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow. we're on I the wish, I, line. I want you on every night. I, listen, I would do it. I would everyone, hang out. Everyone does. We have a good, we have a good, me, you, and Dagan have a lot of fun on TV. We have a good time. I think we forget we're on TV. That's what makes that's, it so much fun. Because <laughs> it's like that, cameras on. Well, that's what, honestly, this is a thing other networks get wrong. And this is true. I give Fox a lot of credit for this. We all know each other and we all hang out on each other's shows. So there is like such a sense of community on our airwaves. Because if you watch one show, you get to see everybody from every other show and vice versa. So we have a lot of company. Whereas on other channels, like the 9 a.m. guy may go on the 10 a.m. guy's show to do a toss. Right. But the 9 a.m. guy ain't going on the 9 p.m. guy's show. No. Or the 4 p.m. guy's show. They don't talk to each other. The best part about, about, about when you come on, Jimmy, it's like we have a set number of topics we were going to cover. Yeah. And we don't get to all the topics for sure, but then oftentimes we're all the way off topic and we've gone in a different direction oh, yeah. that no one anticipated. No, no, we are we are a, a train wreck. Like, we are, yeah. That's in the funny. best way possible. Yeah, no, for sure. No, Pete yeah. Buttigieg doesn't show up to us either. <laughs> he, he's not coming. Like a train wreck, we don't get no, no attention from the image. The best one was like when he said, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> at, the, at the train wreck, you're I like, know. really, Pete? Good. Good way to, way to go. Way to rub it in. Well, he was Pete. trying, man. They were trying to blame Trump and then the NTSB was like, no, nah, wasn't the deregulation. No. So even, now they got a stone. The over. New York Times came out and said, "Yeah, no, dude, that wasn't Trump's fault." The Times, the Post. Oh. You know what's happening? So this is what I think is going on. Let's we're just spitballing now. Sean Duffy's in studio. He's the host of the Bottom Line. He's the, you know cable news matinee idol, multimedia Mat- matinee idol. Six p.m. Sensation. If you're central like my time, it's five. Yeah, but in Hawaii, you're a matinee idol. Oh, yeah. It's on like it's true. Thank afternoon. you. For that. <laughs> Hawaiian matinee idol. Sean Duffy is in studio. Wake up to me <laughs> on the bottom line and Dagan. Oh, it's funny though. I'm laughing. So what I think is going on though, I think some left wing media outlets, what they're trying to do is they're trying to reclaim a lot of the lost currency and credibility that they gave away in the last four years so they can go back to lying in like a year when they need to, when there's an election to influence, when there's ma- major public policy, you know, when they need to do the bidding of the Democratic Party. I think they're dealing with a credibility crisis in the media right now, and the only way to reclaw some of it back is to acknowledge certain truths are true. Like that's the COVID lab leak theory too. Do you think people will buy that? I think on the right, no. I think there's a lot of independence that will, though, because the independence, it's like when people were calling for a COVID amnesty, I don't think the average person was as dialed into just how egregious, you know, a lot of their moves were when it came to COVID, when it came to the Hunter Biden laptop, when it came to Russian collusion. You know, I think when it lot, came to masks, when it came, when it came to masks, it's great. Even the vax, the the shuts, shuts, natural the immunity, right, everything in yes. between. They were, they were wrong on all. All of it. I know, but I think the bigger point, too, is that wrong almost implies they tried to get it right. Right. 
you know, they were intentionally like Hunter Biden laptop. They didn't get that wrong. They knew. They, yeah, they knew. They, they, knew. It was intentional. they shut right. it down. And I think what they're trying to do now is create the perception that they were just innocently wrong. You know, we on made like, a mistake. On and- like 10 really big things. <laughs> See, I, so I agree with you with that premise. They, they have so professionalized lying to the American people for political gain for the party that and the ideology they believe in. Yep. That that they're not going to let that go. The, yep. the power of lying to people is real for them, mm-hmm. and they're going to continue with it. So you may be right. They're trying to come out on the train derailment and say, yep. well, we'll try to get a little smidge of credibility so with objective. those independents. Right. They, they, they may be them. doing that, but, but the game is not over. No. It's way too effective. And when I can keep you locked in your house, when I can keep you wearing a bag over your face, it's not sealed on the side. It's, I mean, it's not a professional mask. It's yeah. not an N95. These things don't work. Nope. But we were all forced and shamed into wearing them. Yeah. Um, the fact that the Hunter Biden laptop wasn't real, right? Natural immunity. It's like, no, listen, you don't, you don't get natural. You get natural immunity from every other thing you can get, so not but this. not COVID. Mm-hmm. That was the scam. All, the total scam. And so um, I get so frustrated at this, at this Jimmy, because yeah. I think the only way you hold government accountable is to make sure you have a media going, hey, oh, liar yeah. on the left, liar on the right. You guys are being dishonest. You need a, a really engaged third rail, uh-huh. which is the media, to call people out. But when the when the media gets on the field, when the ref plays in the game, yep. all of a sudden, the left can do whatever they want. They can lie ad nauseum, yep. and there's no one to hold them to account. Fox will. Yep. You will on Fox Across America. But no one else will. Well, and and they go, well, I, just, I got this subset of, of people who know the truth, but that's what? 30% of yes. the population. Yeah, yes. I got 70% that we're effectively lying to, and we win with that 70%. Yes, they do. And you know what the big issue is, too? People on the left, a lot of them think it's you know a benefit to them to have the media in their party's pocket. But it's not because— Tell me why. Well, the, well, the reason it's not is, in truth, if you have a media that's supposed to be holding people in power accountable and they don't because of their political affiliation— then people who are inept leaders that compromise the quality of life don't get called out for it. Ergo, people continue to vote for them. It's like the biggest argument against one-party rule. If you live in a city that's been run by Democrats for 80 years, chances are it's like a shanty town. It's not in good shape because they haven't been held accountable because the locals don't attribute it to leadership. So it gives you an ineffective government. Yeah. But it, it allows those ineffective people to continue yeah, like, to get elected. If and, your goal and so, is to have Democrats elected then the media is absolutely helping you out if that's your only goal. But if you want the country to flourish and you want they, the quality of then the yeah. media is crushing you Well, right they now. don't want it to flourish. No, they, they want a fundamental transformation of the country like Barack Obama wanted. Mm-hmm. They want to see all these crazy ideas implemented. And so they're delighted with their success. And if you look around, you, the country is rotting yeah. from its core. Our schools are rotting from their core. Our universities, our science, mm-hmm. our media, our military, they're trying to do that to our police. Yep. They're trying to crush America with these sick ideas yeah. that don't have anything to do with our history or our greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, and the consequence for all of us who love the country and love freedom and, and love uh-huh. the American dream, you can come here and you can yeah. you can be a cab driver, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you can be the, the top booking on any Fox station Stop it. all day long where Jimmy's got to go, listen, Miss Fela wants me home once in a while. I, I would <laughs> like to see – I don't want to just have Lincoln come into the studio on Fridays. He's got to – I got to see him at home once in a while, right? <laughs> once in a while, I got to see him in his environment, not in my office. 
But that, that is the American dream that people yep. people know with hard work and a little bit of God-given talent, you can make it in this country. Yeah, no, it's true. And that's going away, and they want it to go away. That's what's so weird about it. It's like people used to run on, like, a chicken in every pot. Yeah. Now it's like a drag queen in every class. <laughs> like, wait, what is, that? is that really the slogan we're here? Winners, Jimmy. We're all winners, Jimmy. I feel like we're, I feel like we're fighting the wrong bot- battles here. Uh, no, I, you're right. And, and, and so unless – and I, this is my motto. Mm-hmm. I was in Congress, and I think I might have told you this before. I was in Congress for almost 10 years, and I saw that as a member of Congress, I had very limited ability mm-hmm. to change – the world change yeah. america and a senator doesn't have that much. i mean yeah. governors do and presidents do but i was like where can i have the biggest impact uh-huh. and my biggest impact is with my family if yeah. i can raise good kids with good mm-hmm. morals good values a good education yeah and i can and i can fight the woke mob because mm-hmm. i have dinner with them at night or mm-hmm. breakfast in the morning i'm a winner yeah. and if every family in america does just that yep there's more of us having kids than them, and we're winners. But I think so many of us are so busy, and we turn our kids over yeah. to these school systems that are totally eroding their minds. I don't know if you saw Pete and Will mm-hmm. on Fox and Friends. I think it was on Sunday they went off the wall on this new study that yeah. if you have a Republican mom, um, but you go to a woke school that will yeah. teach diversity, equity, and inclusion, you're like 60% the chance is you're going to be a, a liberal Democrat. And the longer you get diversity, equity, and inclusion and this ESG philosophy, yeah, yeah. which is again, that's a business side, but they still push that in schools. You're going to be a Democrat. Yep. So this is this is the politics of schooling and indoctrinating our kids. Yeah. Save your family, Jimmy. How about that? That's save why we, your family. That's why we only had the one kid. Like, save America. Save your family. <laughs> I'm going to be like Cudlow now. Cudlow. He's like, save America. Kill the bill. I'm like, save America. Save your family. So I, I have a Cudlow. This is a funny thing. Whenever I see Cudlow, when I get off the air today, when I walk by him, he'll be like putting his monologue together for his 4 p.m. show. And they'd be like, Jimmy, how's your liberal talk show going? <laughs> Is that what he says yeah. to you? <laughs> and I don't know if he's like busting my balls or he's just like, I don't know. But I always I always laugh at I I always laugh at him and I call him like I'm like, oh, you know, you MAGA, you know. You guys are the worst, <laughs> yeah, racist, he, and I, maniac, and we laugh. He, he is he. The guy is so smart. I mean, yep. He's been on TV for ever. I know, I know. and is so good. Yep. Um, I love watching the show. I mean, Cud- it's, no, it's Cudlow is a brilliant guy. I did a couple of Gutfelds with him too, and he has such a good infectious laugh. Does he? Has he done yeah, Cudlow? I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> and he, uh, but what you call it? But uh, he, specifically, he likes to heckle me in the halls. Yeah. Everybody else in this building, I'm kind of like the family dog, and we <laughs> hang out. They pet me, throw me a tennis they, ball, get the side of his hair. Yeah, they, they do. Jimmy. Mush my fa- oh, he's a good guy. Here he is, good boy Jimmy. But Cudlow, he heckles me. What will the next time we're walking around together on twenty, and you see him, you're gonna we'll love it. It's good natured. He's not mean. He's like very friendly. He comes but into he his top actually hat heckles. Yeah, he yeah. actually heckles me. Gay fella. He gives what you give right back to you, right? He's That's like, true. You, you, you heckle people a little bit. You give a little, yeah, a little, little tough jab love. here a little and there. little tough love. A little hallway humor is Just, what I'm saying. You know, the one thing I need from you, though, is, mm-hmm. again, I comment on this all the time, and it's like you have this montage of different colors of mm-hmm. shirts, right? Yeah. Just, I love because you, you sparkle. Your personality sparkles and your shirts sparkle. And I tried to match... Th- I want to. I don't want to find out where you get them because I'm going to wear one in one day. But I, I, have a, I have a couple of Yeti cups, and I'm like, I'm going to see Jimmy. I'm going to bring my yellow sunny cup to match your personality. <laughs> that was your Jimmy. contribution. It is it's bright yellow like the sun, and your personality, Jimmy. That's oh, my contribution. Oh, Sean Duffy, my power agent in studio. Power agent. That's right. Watch Do the bottom 10, line. Ten percent every 10%. night. Is that what you want? That's fair <laughs> enough. Maybe Every, everybody maybe else is taking a cut. Why not you too? Uh, watch the bottom line every night, 6 p.m. on the Fox Business Network. Tomorrow you can see me on there with Duffy and Dagan. It's going to be a banger. We're back after this. Miss you ready. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. 
It is the bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. If you missed portions of today's show, you can always get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. It's available on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, you can go listen to the show. You can also watch our videos on the Fox Across America Facebook page. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Fela. We posted clips. I hosted Gutfeld uh, last Friday night. I filled in for Greg, our lovable little comedy dwarf here at Fox, and held it down. If you missed it, there are clips on the Fox Across America Facebook page, uh, and you'll see all my TV stuff there from tonight. I'm on the Sean Hannity Show at 9 o'clock. Tomorrow morning I'll be back on Fox and Friends. Tomorrow night back on Laura Ingram. A lot of fail vision to watch, but as far as the radio goes, show's over. Pay up, get out, have a great night, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a... The world of business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown starting May 20th at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.